Dr. Lewis, on the topic of the coronavirus and the evidence on vitamin C, this topic will be vitamin C and its ability to help reduce chronic disease burdens and also general viral burdens as well. So let's dive into the evidence. First of all, one has to realize that evidence in the standard of care of the usual doctors is all about randomized clinical trials. These trials cost up to $5 billion to get the approval of a pharmaceutical drug. Now, pharmaceuticals are protected by patent law because they're not natural substances. Natural substances, per the U.S. Patent and Trade Office, cannot be patented. So who's going to spend $5 billion proving that vitamin D and vitamin C and other nutrients are viable treatments for serious disease? It's just not happening. But you'll see here there actually is quite a great deal of evidence, particularly for vitamin C, treating viruses and treating other chronic conditions. Of course, scurvy was a major disease found to be due to a vitamin C deficiency. And if you have scurvy, your likelihood of survival is actually quite low. So vitamin C is clearly important to human health. So from the Linus Pauling Institute, and Linus Pauling is a two-time Nobel Prize laureate, and he had studied vitamin C for a large portion of his austere career. And what the Linus Pauling Institute discovered and presents is that vitamin C does not reduce incidence of colds. In other words, it doesn't help you prevent exposure to the cold virus and that cold virus catching on in your body and starting to wreak havoc. However, what we've seen in people undergoing heavy physical stress and other types of stress, vitamin C supplementation halved the incidence of colds based on five significant trials. And then in more pooled data, we see at least a 14% in children and 8% in adults reduction in cold duration. So that's significant, especially if we're trying to triage patients with something like the novel coronavirus and hospital beds are tied up. Anything we can do to reduce the extent, the longevity of that cold and its symptoms or that virus and its symptoms is significant. So this is what the Harvard School of Public Health says in their vitamin C nutrition source website. So they talk about Linus Pauling, the double Nobel Prize laureate, saying that you should take high doses of vitamin C to prevent getting viral infections, colds, things of that nature, and some chronic diseases. So the amount in 12 to 24 oranges, so quite a high dose. What they also say is vitamin C plays a role in controlling infections, among other things. Wound healing, vitamin C is very important to collagen, to tissue structure and integrity. It fights against free radicals. So it's helpful in bone, cartilage, blood, and others. So, and it's also a messenger and involved in making several hormones. Very, very important nutrient. So the point is that a lot of us have vitamin C sufficiency, but when you're put under ex extreme stress, you may be going into a state of insufficiency, and that makes you vulnerable to 
any number of chronic conditions related to that insufficiency. So let's look at some published data on vitamin C. The first one is the combination of high-dose vitamin C plus zinc for the common cold. So here we see two preliminary double-blind randomized placebo-controlled trials. These are the gold standards that really is the basis of evidence in medicine. And we can see that they conducted, um, they used a combination of 100 milligrams or a gram of vitamin C plus 10 milligrams of zinc. And what they saw is the vitamin C plus zinc was significantly more efficient than placebo at reducing cold symptoms over five days of treatment. So here we see, okay, we didn't prevent the cold from coming on, but we ameliorated symptoms significantly. So if we look in PubMed, the National Library of Medicine, for vitamin C and its relationship to respiratory diseases, we see almost one million articles in PubMed. So this is not an insignificant substance. It's been studied very, very widely, and we can see vitamin C, respiratory diseases, consumption of fresh fruits rich in vitamin C, and wheezing symptoms in children. So this is two out of 948,000 references in PubMed on the value of vitamin C against respiratory disease. Once again, not insignificant. So vitamin C and acute respiratory infections. Why respiratory infections? Well, the cold affects the respiratory tract, the novel coronavirus and COVID-19, the disease, definitely impacts the respiratory tract and it's acute respiratory distress and the cytokine storm that is causing death from the SARS-CoV-2 virus and COVID-19, the disease. So in three trials of subjects under heavy acute physical stress, common cold incidences de decreased by an average of 50% in four trials in British males. So we're seeing an improvement over what the Linus Pauling Institute is presenting, so they're being very conservative. Regular vitamin C supplementation of a gram a day quite consistently reduced durations of cold consistent with the Linus Pauling Institute and many, many other studies. Three controlled studies record a reduction of at least 80% in the incidence of pneumonia in the vitamin C group. So they still may have got a cold, but they are much less likely to suffer from a downstream ammonia symptoms from the cold. So this is extremely important and it's protecting the elderly. These are the people who are dying from COVID-19. So vitamin C, well-studied, well-published, and very important as a treatment. So here is the clinical effects of vitamin C supplementation in elderly hospitalized patients with acute respiratory infections. Yet another study than, uh, compared to the one I just presented. Here we have 57 elderly patients admitted to the hospital with acute respiratory infections. They are given 200 milligrams of vitamin C per day. Not a lot, but they probably were sufficient at the beginning. But because of their symptoms, they're using vitamin C in all the things that it does to help boost immunity, and so they're becoming insufficient. So the relatively modest oral dose led to a significant increase 
in plasma and white cell vitamin C concentrations. So what we're seeing is even when you have the infection, if you can take the vitamin C supplementation, you're going to increase blood levels of vitamin C to a more clinically relevant amount. And using a clinical scoring system, they show that patients supplemented with vitamin, and this, the vitamin C fared significantly better than those on placebo. And this was particularly the case for those commencing the trial most severely ill. Why? Because on the continuum of getting ill, they were consuming most of their available vitamin C. So they became insufficient or deficient in vitamin C and thus the benefits of it. The dose makes the cure, the dose makes the poison. The effectiveness of vitamin C in preventing and relieving the symptoms of virus-induced respiratory infections. Here we have another study. This population was treated with hourly doses of one gram, a thousand milligrams of vitamin C for the first six hours. This would be considered very high dose and then three times daily thereafter. Those not reporting symptoms in the test group were also administered a thousand milligrams or a gram. The results overall reported flu and cold symptoms in the test group decreased 85% compared with those in the control after administration of mega dose. So you can see they still got the cold, they still got the flu, but the vitamin C as a treatment is significantly ameliorating the symptoms of the disease. So it's really helping the immune system battle this acute infection. And COVID-19 is clearly an acute viral infection. <clears throat> So I want to get into vitamin C, not just in respiratory infections and viruses, but in human health in general. And so here's a recent review where we see, we know it protects against scurvy, but the data indicate that vitamin C requirements for people under stress, smokers in this case, do better when they increase the amount of daily vitamin C. And in this case, it's a very modest amount. Important functions of the body that are improved with the vitamin C, immune response, pulmonary function, iron absorption, all related to vitamin C intakes to overcome an insufficiency or a deficiency. Vitamin C may play critical roles in the prevention of coronary heart disease, cancer, and cataract. And the literature documents that much higher intake levels of vitamin C are safe, as opposed to pharmaceuticals where we generally have a therapeutic dose and a toxic dose, and sometimes they're very close and overlap, for example, in chemotherapy. So to have a therapeutic response, we actually have to have toxicity too. Not a good thing really, unless you're desperate for that cure. But with vitamin C, the dose required to create any harm is very, very high indeed. And there's ways uh, to test what your vitamin C tolerance is. And we'll go into that in another video. So vitamin C plays a role in your risk and the severity of chronic diseases, according to this last slide. And you can see that if you go from no health conditions whatsoever to cardiovascular disease, your risk of dying from COVID-19 increases by 
1,200%. So vitamin C can play a role simply by reducing your vulnerability to COVID-19 by reversing or ameliorating the symptoms and the underlying cause of some of the most prevalent chronic diseases our society faces. And why is vitamin C important? We cannot count on a vaccine. So the current flu shot is only 58% effective against the most common strain of the flu in 2020. So vitamin C plays an important role potentially, at least to augment the effects of any coming vaccine and treatment. And that is not necessarily going to be 100%. Almost never is. So Dr. Tom Lewis here. I'm a scientist from MIT, and my mentors were all senior-level clinicians at uh, Harvard Medical School. So coronaviruseducation.org is our website. I encourage you to go there, listen to our podcasts, and I hope you found this information of value to you. Thank you very much.